Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today's guest is Chris Bugelsang. Chris is CEO and founder of Exceptional Path. Chris has a passion for helping students with executive functioning delays, and this passion stems from his very own experience. Executive functions are the brain skills needed to plan, organize, prioritize, manage time, get started, and stay focused. Chris was always a good student, but he found that he was often forgetful, disorganized, and scattered. And that's when he decided to commit himself to becoming a better learner and figure out, how does my brain even work? He believes that the school expects children to know and apply the content, but never actually teaches them the skills that they need to acquire it. It was this discovery that sparked his desire to help kids with unique learning profiles. In this episode, we talk about how executive functioning is the right fit for your child. Also, with strong executive functioning, we're more able to complete tasks, juggle a few different ideas in mind at the same time, be flexible with our thinking, and manage our emotions when things don't go as planned. And lastly, how executive functioning skills are more important now than ever. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Chris has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Chris, say hello to our guests and tell us what is a fun fact about your industry that will really surprise our listeners? Hello, everyone. And Beck, thanks for having me. Um, I would say one of the most interesting things about my students and the work that I do is that there are so many similarities between all of my students. Like I would say their main qualities are of of a student with ADHD is so similar across the board. So when parents contact me, I can almost word for word verbatim say exactly what, know exactly what they're going to say and say exactly what I need to say back to them to make them feel at ease. Oh my gosh. I would have been that kid because I know I was considered ADHD. Thank (laughs) It's like I was so hyper. It wasn't even funny. That's amazing. So the focus of your work, you work with executive function, ADHD, and- Yeah, not, uh, not, not all of my students are diagnosed with ADHD, but I would say most have executive function delays and that's why they come to me. I'm an executive function coach. I work with students from ages middle school, probably like 10 or 12, all the way up to young adults. College students are a big part of what I do. High school students, middle school as well. So I know executive function has been around for a bit, but I think it's just gotten its popularity, I would say, maybe in the last five years. So I think maybe some parents don't actually know fully what that means. Can Can you unpack that for us, like executive function? Yeah, sure. Executive functions are controlled by that front part of our brain, that prefrontal cortex. And a lot of times in young people and older older folks as well, it's asynchronously developed. So they may be really strong in some areas such as like planning or or time management, but weaker in other areas, maybe organization and prioritization and focus and attention. So all these executive function skills, they're kind of intertwined. So a weakness in one area doesn't necessarily 100% mean that you're going to be weak in all the areas, but it, it doesn't, they, they, don't, they do overlap and there are 
difficulties usually across the board it, if you have delays with executive function. Yeah, and it, what's really interesting the, the the front the the front lobe is the one that that develops last, isn't it? Like this that's, is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's till age twenty six or twenty seven around there. There's the numbers kind of vary a little bit depending on the studies you read, but it's continually developing. So that's I think that's why we see a lot of these delays still still prevalent in a college, high school, late high school, college age students. They're still developing quite a bit in this area of their brain. Yeah. And, and I think is it, that's also part of their like emotional, that, that that's where the emotions are being developed. And like, that's why a lot of things that are happening right now in the world, it's like kind of crazy to let little children like make these really big decisions about their life where you're like, wait, their brain is not fully developed. And the part that actually, like you said, the executive function, that area doesn't develop to like they're 25, 26 years old. Like you can't, it drives me nuts. I'm like, (laughs) they're like, follow the science. I'm like, telling us, hold it back. We got to help these kids. Absolutely. I 100% agree. (laughs) Uh, We, 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 you know, we, we don't allow our kids to do so many things, but they they want to push the envelope with certain with giving them their rights. But their brains are not developed; they're not ready to make these kind of decisions. And they they're managing. They can be, and some of them and the students that I work with, you know, can barely manage their their schoolwork and their and their lives and their and and where they're being asked to make big decisions about who they are. I 100% agree. It's crazy, and that's why you have parents. You have parents to help you and guide you and adults to like navigate the confusing times in our life because we all go through that's what that's what adults are for and i love it i love what you're doing chris so like what got you started in this how did you start becoming a coach and and this is a because this is a very niche area right now that's a good point it is my background is in special education i was a teacher in traditional public school and private schools, international schools for a while. And, you know, I think schools are very understaffed, under-resourced. They don't have the time to devote to to students who need that one-on-one support. And with executive function coaching, I had kind of been doing that all along with working with small groups of students, like five or six, pulling them out of class and kind of giving them individualized help, but it felt more like I was just putting out fires, helping them with homework, do this assignment, do this. I, I, I thought there had to be a better way and there had to be a common thread between all those students and like what they struggled with. And I learned that it was oftentimes they were diagnosed with ADHD or they did have executive function delays and they needed a, di- a different kind of support. And that was, you know, getting them organized, getting them to write things down in a planner, teaching them study skills and how to study for tests, emptying out their binders and getting rid of all the junk and getting focused down to what is the core basic stuff that you need to know and eliminating all the all the uh, all the excess. So that's when I realized that's what I was meant to do and that's what I wanted to do and I slowly started branching off and seeing one or two students in this capacity you know, just before the pandemic. And then now I do this, I have slowly transitioned to doing this full time and working with students one-on-one. You know, and that's not a small thing, like being able to help somebody to organize like that is a big deal. I know for me, when I was growing up, like that stuff was 
that just did not come easy. Like it was very difficult and it took me well into my thirties. And I would say like now in my forties, like, holy cow, like it's, I still struggle. Like my husband's always like, Hey, I'm like, like, okay, I'm trying to get it together. You know, I have like five or six planners trying to just, you know, dial it in on a daily basis and just remembering those things over and over again. Maybe my frontal lobe isn't fully developed. Yet. No, I, you know what? I don't think uh, that's a, I don't think it's something that comes naturally. I think it's something that you, some kids pick up through modeling or through osmosis or some other way of just absorbing <laughs> this information, right? Like, okay, I'm going to learn. I, I'm watching. I, I have to figure this out or else I'm, I think it happens somewhere in that like middle school, those middle school years, especially where like you have to be more independent. You have to have, you have to keep your things in order. You have to know what to do and when to do it. And you have to understand time and manage your time properly. And some kids get it because maybe their brains are developing faster or maybe they're seeing other people or maybe they have a good teacher who kind of shows them what to do. But for those neurodiverse kids, I think a lot of times they don't pick up on it and there no one's no one if it's not explicitly taught they're not going to get it and the 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 catch there is that oftentimes they're really bright so they can mask it and they can use their intelligence to kind of still do well in school pass through things and get to the next level and nobody really notices because we're getting by on our brights and we're getting by on our intelligence and then when things get really hard that's when things come down and crash and burn sometimes so we 100%. Want to avoid that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a hundred percent. Like I literally walked out of middle school into high school a half a year ahead because I was, I was, I was, I was advanced in so many, so many different ways. And, but those skills, I did not have them. It was rough and it crashed and fell in my first two years of college. Oh my gosh. That was that it was, it blew up that I, I dropped out of college. I had to, I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, this is crazy. Like I dropped out for two, three years and I went back. No longer. I went back at 27 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it was just like, it was crazy, but what's really no 24, but anyway, but, but what's really, what's really interesting is I'm so glad you're doing this now because these are things that are, I mean, I, I don't think as a kid, I realized how important it was, but when you have somebody who's on your side and who is giving you the why behind it. I become very, I guess, as a teacher, because I, I still teach, I, I teach uh, physics and biology and chemistry. And as a teacher, I feel a, like a, a responsibility to let my students know why I'm doing this, why they're learning physics, how they're going to apply it in their life. And I actually, in my class, I go through goal setting Like I literally have a whole section on goal setting, planning, breaking up your day, not overdoing it. I have another choice. I'm like, if I didn't, if I did it, they're doing it. I need them not to do that (laughs) because you get overwhelmed. But but what you're explaining is also is not just for school, right? It's for life in general. So like I always tell my parents, these are life skills that we're working on here because and we're using school as the platform. Yes. we're doing we're working on these now because we want to we almost want our in my work I almost encourage like 
failure at a younger age, the younger they are, because like controlled failure, almost I call it, right? It's like, okay, we want to see, like, we want to see, and and especially those who struggle with ADHD and and, and EF delays, like, sometimes they need to see see the pain and the struggle a little more to kind of get the hang of things and change and start to make the changes that they need to, to see. So I think it's really important that, you know, kids do fail but not cat not in not where we're taking the the parents are taking their hands completely off and just letting them crash and burn but almost like these controlled failures where they can see like okay if i continue doing that i i need to find a better way uh, things aren't going to be going the right way if i don't if i don't change my ways or if i don't develop habits if i don't develop skills routines tools strategies to kind of push push myself along because i don't want this to happen later on and the result, and the, and then there'd be a catastrophic, catastrophic failure that's really difficult to recover from. Absolutely. And I love the way you said it. It's a controlled failure. Cause I tell my students all the time, like, no, you, you want to mess up with me, like with, with yeah. me on your, in your, on your side, this is where you want to make the mistakes. Like right now, like you want, you want the, the feedback. This is where you want to do it. Like give it everything and don't worry about it if you fail because I'm here. Actually, one of my students, she made me cry. Like she's like, Mrs. Buzzy, because of you, I learned that I am not failing. I'm still learning and you're there for me. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, you're going to make me cry, kid. Like it's <laughs> like, But it's true. You're so yeah. right, Chris. This is awesome. Where can they connect with you? Where can parents learn more about what you're doing with, with Exceptional Path? Yeah, they can come visit me on my website at exceptionalpath.com and my social media, EF Coach, at EF Coach, I think on most of them. And, you know, you can reach out to me through there. I'm always answering parents' questions, even if they don't work, want, want to work with me directly. I always love to give out free information and help people and help families figure this out because this is a really diff- the, the the home life and the you know the the stress on parents can be can be really great so i mean i i think any kind of help or support that i can give i i love to kind of you know give some free advice whenever i get the chance so what inspired you to do all this like i don't know if i asked that yet but like what inspired you to start all this i think it goes back to my classroom days when i saw and and just the way the schools are in general and just seeing how some kids get left be, behind and they don't get the support that they need. And whenever I got students in a smaller group or a one-on-one, they always can learn so much more. And I can always move the needle with them so much more and so much faster and so much more effectively. And I value that so much. I value that one-on-one connection that I can have with students. And then seeing the results when they do come, it's usually slow and steady, the growth. But when they make when they have a big accomplishment it's it's such a good feeling because they you can see all the work that you got that we put in that they put in because it's not me i'm just guiding them along the way but the work that they put in to get there and that's such a great feeling oh that's awesome oh man so as we're wrapping this up what's like one big takeaway you want to leave with our listeners today from our conversation? Yeah, I would say, especially with homeschooling parents as well, it's like, I, I would always say, I, was, I always say that like one of the biggest 
difficulties for students with ADHD and EF delays is that is like unstructured unstructured time can kind of ruin them. It's not good. It's usually really not good for them because they're already pretty more likely to be distractible, more likely to procrastinate. So I I if there's anything you can do, it's to bring structure into the student, into the child's day. It's give them activities that have clear times and clear goals, like you were saying, like you do with your students, and give them structure and organization. Show them the tools, teach them the tools for so that they can do it on their own, and then have clear expectations and consequences so that they can learn and keep growing because if they don't if they if they don't have the if it's not laid out exactly what they need to do and the consequences aren't clear and enforced then oftentimes they it makes it a lot worse in the long run so they need that support it's a little bit tough love but they need that kind of support and they need that kind of direction from the adults in their lives you know i'm actually going to piggyback off that i'm going to say i remember when i was growing up I actually, I not only needed it, but I really wanted my mom to give me boundaries. Like I really needed them. Like I couldn't do it. I remember thinking, I can't do this. Like I I actually need you, but I could never say that because I was a teenager, right? I'm like, I'm not telling her that, you know, it's like, yeah, but in right. the back of my <laughs> mind, I'm thinking, please give me some structure. I need it. Like, don't, don't follow me. Like, don't follow me. You know what I mean? Like, I need to follow you. And I think, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I do feel like, you know, I get what some people are saying. Oh, I want to follow the kid, follow the kid in their interests, but you do not follow a child in, in the order on how you're going to deliver it. Like we are the adults. They are not the adults, (laughs) you know, we can follow them with their interests. If they like music, then we find a great program. We find things to bring into their life that, that they can enjoy in a structured way. So that when they become older, they know how to behave in a world that expects order, you know? And I love that fact that you said that because at the end of the day, we need to be able to live our life properly, not however we feel like it yeah <laughs> exactly like... and it's not it's not a matter of being like mean parent or like correct uh, or or unfair setting unfair rules no right. it's teaching them the the ways of the world and the ways of like how things are going to be in the real world when they get there so yeah they need they need that structure and they need yeah. that so that's it's, really important it's, it's like a loving parent does that right a parent who loves their child and wants their child to have a great future does that that's a loving parent <laughs> awesome so, so good having you on today my brother from brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> awesome so thanks again for coming on chris and just uh sharing your wisdom your knowledge and all your understanding it's been fantastic talking with you yeah this was a lot of fun thanks so much for having me If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.